You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show, getting you set for SEC Media Days next week in Hoover, Alabama. We'll give you some of the big names that are headed there. And remember, we'll be back all five days next week from SEC Media Days. Also, Matt Zenitz, formerly of AL.com, now with On3Sports. We're going to catch up with him to talk all about the transfer portal, which SEC transfer could have the biggest impact this year. And could Alabama be poised for a possible misstep this year? We will discuss with him, and we'll go around the conference, some recruiting tidbits, and much more. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this show as soon as it comes out each and every day. And a reminder, check out some of our other great Locked on podcasts. we got Locked on Razorbacks, Locked on LSU, just about every SEC school we got you covered. Find it wherever you find your podcasts. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. The unofficial start of the SEC football season starts next week as Media Days will run Monday through Thursday next week in Hoover. On Wednesday, we found out some of the big names that are headed to Hoover and a little different this year as each school will only be bringing two players instead of the traditional three. A lot of the conference Media Days have been doing this just kind of to limit uh, with COVID and all that limit the number of people that are attending. But among the names heading out there, Alabama wide receiver John Mechie, Arkansas linebacker Grant Morgan, Auburn quarterback Bo Nix, Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral, LSU DB Derek Stingley Jr. Those are some of the biggest names from the SEC West. Over in the SEC East, of course, you have Georgia quarterback JT Daniels, Florida D lineman Zachary Carter, Kentucky defensive end Josh Paschal, and Tennessee wide receiver Velas Jones. All those guys will be in Hoover next week. Ahead of SEC Media Days, the SEC Network just made a move to bolster their lineup. They have hired former Georgia Bulldog and former NFL tight end Benjamin Watson. It's unclear if Tim Tebow is going to be back as he currently has a job with the Tennessee Jaguars, but Watson's role at the NFL Network will include appearances on SEC Now, SEC Football Final. He said, quote, I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to join ESPN and the SEC Network. Looking forward to diving in with my new colleagues and analyzing the best conference in college football. In college football news, Demetrius Robertson, his pending charges against him in Athens have been dropped. So the Auburn transfer wide receiver will be eligible to hit the practice field. That is according to Chip Towers of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, who reports that the uh, DA's office dropped all charges against him after he paid for illegally removing a parking boot from his car. This time last week, Robertson announced his transfer from Georgia to Auburn for his final season of college eligibility. In his time in Athens, he caught 42 passes for over 400 yards. Tennessee football, they will be returning to Atlanta in the year 2025. As it was announced this week, they will take on Syracuse in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That game will take place on August 30th, 2025. Tennessee and Syracuse have faced each other three other times, with the Vols winning every matchup in the series. Over in Oxford, former Ole Miss quarterback John Rice Plumley got beat out by Matt Corral for the right to start at quarterback last year. The Rebels found ways to get production out of Plumley, though. They... He ran for nearly 100 yards against a couple of SEC opponents in late October and then 
gained nearly all of his receiving yards in the bowl game against Indiana. Plumley, talking recently, did share some of the details of his recent meeting with Lane Kiffin. He said, we had a talk and basically said, they want to use me in multiple different spots, whether it's receiver, running back, coming out of the backfield, a little bit at quarterback, whatever helps the team win. Plumley was unable to compete in spring camp due to obligations with the Ole Miss baseball team. Jake Johnson, the brother of LSU quarterback Max Johnson, he is the nation's number two tight end prospect, top 10 overall prospect from the state of Georgia. He recently committed to LSU, and in a recent interview on WWL Radio in New Orleans, Jake and Max's dad, former NFL quarterback Brad Johnson, shared an interesting note on his son's recruitment. He said, quote, I think with Coach Jake Peets coming in as the offensive coordinator, he had a big impact on Jake's decision. Jake was not going to LSU, I'll be honest with you, he was gone. So with Pete's coming in there, that made a big impact on him as far as him fitting into that system and wanting to be a Tiger. So good news there for LSU. We'll see if Max Johnson wins the starting quarterback job for the Tigers. Over at Auburn, former LSU Tiger TJ Finley, now backup quarterback to Bo Nix. He will be sporting a new number with his new team. He announced he will wear number one for Brian Harson's squad. Finley wore number 11 for LSU last year. Other Auburn numbers to know this season, safety Donovan Kaufman coming in from Vanderbilt. He will also be number one, but over on the defensive side. And transfer cornerback Drayshawn Miller will wear number five. Speaking of number changes, over at Florida, Dan Mullen. He brought back a jersey number tradition from his time as Urban Meyer's offensive coordinator. Number one is worn by special players. Mullen said at a booster club event a couple years ago, you got to be a baller to be number one. So with Kadarius Toney now playing for the New York Giants as a new number one in the Gator offense, it was revealed this week, redshirt junior wide receiver Jacob Copeland will be the new number one on offense. Returning defender Brenton Cox will also wear number one. Now with Copeland moving to number one, second-year quarterback Anthony Richardson, he will change to number 15. And tight end Kamori Gamble will wear number two. While other players also making moves to single digits, wide receiver Justin Shorter will wear number four. And defensive lineman Zach Zachary Carter will wear number six. We know UCF a couple years ago claimed that they were the national champions and uh, wanting to say they were the best team in the state of Florida. And now the Florida Gators, they're going to prove themselves against UCF. They are reportedly close to signing off in a future series. The Orlando, Orlando Sentinel reports that the Gators and the Knights are close to signing a contract for a three-game series. It would be a two-for-one with games in Gainesville in 2024 and 20. 33, and UCF would host the Gators in Orlando in 2030. Former UCF AD Danny White was against the two-for-one thought, but he's now the AD at Tennessee, so the new AD at UCF is all for it. An official announcement is expected to come very soon. Recruiting news over at Vanderbilt. Clark Lee, his staff picked up two commitments in the last handful of days. First, an Australian punter by the name of Alex Smith. He announced his commitment on Wednesday afternoon, and then it picked up Georgia native Darren Agu, decommitted from the Notre Dame Fighting Irish this week, committed to Vandy. Following his commitment, he is now the highest-rated prospect currently committed to Vanderbilt, the number 24 edge rusher in the 2022 recruiting cycle. That's a big get for Vanderbilt. Over at Auburn, not so good news. They already had the fewest commitments in the SEC heading into this week, and now... They just got a decommitment from cornerback Jarrell Stinson. He announced he's made the decision to decommit. He visited Florida as well as 
UCF and Auburn during the open recruiting period in June. He's 5'10", 160 pounds, rated as a three-star prospect, a number 45 cornerback. Doesn't mean he can't recommit to Auburn, but for now, Auburn has uh, even smaller recruiting class. Over at South Carolina, their receiver depth takes a little hit as redshirt freshman Mike Wyman made the decision to enter the transfer portal. Signed with the Gamecocks in 2020, was rated as a four-star prospect and a top 350 prospect nationally. In his lone season in Columbia, Wyman did not make any appearances for the Gamecocks. Frank Solich, he stepped down as the head coach of at, at Ohio this week, and because of that, it will leave LSU with one, one of, without one of their program staffers. Ohio graduate Tyler Tettleton made the decision to return to his alma mater. He was one of many offensive analysts in Baton Rouge. He was on staff for LSU for one season. He played quarterback at Ohio, so it makes sense for him to go back to his alma mater. And lastly, a little bit of a lesson being learned this week at Auburn as one of the school's recruiting graphics featured Tigers offensive lineman line target Jacob Hood standing next to a Heisman Trophy. However, the only problem was, if you look closely at the trophy, the nameplate clearly said Joe Burrow. Of course, Auburn had three Heisman Trophy winners in its history. Cam Newton, Bo Jackson, Pat Sullivan. Could have used any of those pictures, but they went with the picture of Joe Burrow's Heisman Trophy. All right, there you have it. That is around the conference. When we return, we're going to talk all things SEC football with Matt Zenitz. That's next. Bet online still the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all your sports action. We know baseball season just hit the all-star break, just about to start up the second half of the season. Plenty of games, of course, every night. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Of course, we got the NBA Finals still rolling on. And what about those future bets for college football? You can get in on all of those ahead of yet another college football season over at Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines, get in on the action. And when you head over to their website, do so on your mobile device. You could sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50%. When you use our promo code locked on, that's L O C K E D O N. This is your chance to get into the game. Plenty of action to get into at Bet Online. They are your online sportsbook experts. Go check them out today. Roll along here, locked on SEC. Happy to have you guys with us. Be a busy couple of weeks coming up. SEC Media Day is just a couple days away, and that, of course, always the precursor to yet another college football season getting underway. And this guy has been super busy. I don't even know if this guy has had an offseason because every time you look out there, he's been tweeting about somebody else in the transfer portal. This guy's going here, this guy's going there. He, the guy never stops, and we thank him for taking some time out to join us. Matt Zenitz, formerly of AL.com, now senior national college football reporter for On3 Sports. Matt, what's going on, man? Chris, how you doing? I Do appreciate it. you having me on. Absolutely, man. Uh, let's talk about On3 Sports first, because I know a lot of people have been seeing the name and hearing it and maybe don't know what it is yet. You guys are launching the website coming up in just a couple weeks, August 15th. Uh, but tell our listeners a little bit about On3 Sports. So going to be looking to have everyone covered from a college football coverage and recruiting coverage standpoint. So uh, fortunate to be part of a great team that's coming to, together, led by Shannon Terry, who's obviously been around the, the college football world for a long time, founded Rivals and then 24-7 Sports, and now leading the way in terms of 1-3 and just really excited about the, the team and product that, that's coming together here. 
Yeah, and if you go to the website, you can see some of the great names joining you guys. Ivan Maisel, of course, longtime ESPN writer. Chad Simmons, uh, Jerry Hamilton. I mean, the list goes on and on. Tons of big names in the college sports world. So uh, it looks like you guys will have everything. I mean, not just football, it's basketball and, and everything else, right? Yep, that, that's definitely the, the goal and uh, part of the, the plan that, that Shannon's putting together. So looking to, to be a destination-type place for college football, college basketball fans, both in terms of what's going on in terms of the team players that are already on campus and then uh, led by the, the Chad Simmons of the world, uh, looking to, to have the recruiting part of it very much covered also. Well, well, let's start here, Matt, as we uh, get into talking a little football. You have been all over this transfer portal, and of course, of course, with uh, kids not having to sit out, it's it's just made for crazy movement all over. Uh, has to feel like maybe your head is spinning at times with so many kids on the move this offseason, but what's this been like, tracking all these kids and, and everybody on the move? That's part of what keeps me busy on a, a daily basis, so... <laughs> Uh, it's one of the great things about this job. Uh, n- never a, a dull moment, even this time of year in mid-July. <laughs> and the transfer portal is definitely part of that. Yeah, it, it, it's it's been nuts. I mean, it, it, just specifically, we talked the SEC here, and just even in the SEC, there's been a ton of guys on the moves. Give me give me a name uh, of a transfer or two in the SEC that you think uh, is maybe primed for to make a huge impact this season. Yeah, so it would be easy to, to go the route of like a Henry Toa or somebody like that landed Alabama. But one that immediately comes to mind is Jordan Strachan at, at South Carolina. So it was a very productive pass rusher at the, the group of five level, ultimately decided to go in the portal and land to South Carolina. And I know they're excited and optimistic about him and a, a guy who enters the year not only as a potential impact player, for South Carolina, but just somebody who's very much on the, the NFL radar also. So I know some of the, the early draft grades and feedback that, that I've gotten uh, ha- has him as a potential top three round player a, at the next level. So a, a very good addition for Shane Beamer, Shane Beamer in South Carolina. What about the, the the cornerback coming over from Clemson to Georgia? I know a lot of people have high expectations uh, of him and, and figure he'll just plug right in there and start and make an impact immediately. Now that's my expectation also. Talented kid, ha- had a rough postseason for, for Clemson against Ohio State, but did well enough during the course of the year that it would have been completely understandable if he had made the decision after last season to turn pro. Unfortunately for him, had some issues that led to him being dismissed at Clemson, but I don't think anybody can, can argue that he has done some good things on the, the field and adds a Another talented piece to that Georgia secondary, and another guy I mentioned the the draft grades with the Jordan Strachan from from South Carolina, but Darian Kendrick, the corner that we're talking about, is another guy that wait with at least one of the scouting services that NFL teams use has him with a day two draft grade right now. Are, are you maybe surprised that uh, you know? Because I think a lot of people when they said, "All right, it, the the restriction has been lifted, anybody can go anywhere and, and be immediately eligible." Uh, are you surprised that maybe the rich didn't get richer? Like, you know, I, I guess some people maybe thought Alabama's going to go get, you know, the best player from this team and the best player from that team, and they're just going to transfer in and, you know, they'll they'll join Nick Saban on this, you know, uh, route to be another national champion. Uh, are you surprised that maybe that hasn't happened where, you know, the rich have gotten richer? I think you saw something with Henry Toa ending up there. 
they, they added a, a receiver that I know they're excited about, and Jameson Williams, who was a starter last year for Ohio State. So I think he saw it a little bit, uh, not only with Alabama, but on a national level. And even just looking around the conference, uh, Auburn was a team that it was very active from a, a transfer standpoint. And one of the, the interesting things was just uh, guys transferring from one conference school to another. That, that was something that I, I know coaches were waiting to get a definitive answer on. And ultimately, the, the SEC allowed guys to, to transfer without penalty and having to sit out. And Auburn's one of the interesting schools as far as not only adding guys from a transfer transfer perspective, but guys who were previously at SEC schools, whether it was Donovan Kaufman, who was said to be one of the best players on Vanderbilt's roster, who transfers in and is a potential starter for them at safety and maybe as a returner also. Uh, TJ Finley, uh, who I obviously was there at LSU, is added to their quarterback room. And that that was uh, definitely one of the, the more active schools overall. I feel like they added uh, close to 10 guys at this point from a, a transfer perspective with those being a couple of them. Yeah, I guess what I was thinking, maybe in my mind more, like, remember a couple years ago, Buffalo played Ohio State, and it was clear as day. You're watching this linebacker by the name of Khalil Mack going, oh my God, this guy is on another level, and he ends up going and you know very high in the NFL draft, and he's you know, probably Buffalo's best player in recent years. But, like, a guy like that would look at it and go, you know what, I'm just going to go transfer to Alabama, hitch my wagon to Nick Saban, and go win a national championship there. I guess that's what I'm saying. We didn't see, like, these stud players from maybe small schools all jump into try to go ring chase. I guess, you know, almost like we see in the NBA sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, so, I, I guess saw a little bit less of it than what maybe people on a national level were expecting. So you saw a little bit with, like, I mean, mentioned Jordan Strachan. So that's a guy who was at the group of five level that made the, the move up to, to transfer up. And there were some other guys like that. But I, I understand, though, the point that you're making. And I know uh, there were definitely some coaches in, in terms of non-Power 5 or, or non-Top 25 schools that were definitely concerned in terms of maybe losing more guys than they ultimately lost. More with Matt Zenitz right after this. This episode brought to you by Rock Auto. You got the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models out there. It is now impossible for you to go to your local chain auto parts store and find all the parts that you need in stock. They don't have them. They're going to go to their computer, and they're going to look up what you need for your car. Why would you go through the middleman? Eliminate that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. Save time and money when you use Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealer? Rock Auto prices always reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, whatever you need. Go check them out on their easy-to-use website to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or your truck, and make sure you're right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. It is an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Go check them out. Quick minute here for BuiltBar.com. Did you know that Built Bar has many delicious flavors? There is something for everybody. When you talk to somebody who's a fan of the Built Bar, they are definitely passionate about their favorites. you got tons of flavors from coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, the mid brownie, my favorite. If you haven't tried all the flavors, I recommend you get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of their nine flavors. And not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein packed in there. Calories ranging from 
130 to 180, only four grams sugar, four grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go check them out right now. And they shorten their website for you, so it makes it even easier for you. It's just built.com. Very easy. Go to built.com and make sure you use our promo code LOCKED. Locked 15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We're all along here on Locked On SEC. Continue our conversation with Matt Zenitz, uh, formerly of AL.com, now senior national college football reporter for On3 Sports. Matt, I know you've worked in, in a couple different markets. you covered the pros, you've covered high school, you've covered college, you covered it all. Uh, what what made you want to jump into this venture now? Because obviously you had a good thing going with a, obviously a, a reputable paper and, and website and all that out there. What made you want to get into this venture now? I mean, Chad and Terry was a, a big part of it, so that's <laughs> Uh, King Midas, who whatever he touches seems to, to turn into gold, and it, it's important with, with any opportunity to, to be linked up with good people. And Shannon's track record speaks for itself, and just really excited about the the plan and product that he's putting to, together. So, I mean, that, that was a big part of it for me. Combination of just being able to, to link up with, with Shannon and being, being a part of what he was building, and just the, the overall plan that uh, is being put in place. The, the combination of those things were a big part of this for me. Yeah, not not a bad reputation that guy has from uh, everything that he's done. It's obviously been uh, crazy good. Of course, Nikki Chavanel we had on the show a couple weeks back. She's joining the crew, so uh, a great, yep. great crew that you guys are assembling over there at On3 Sports, and we're looking forward to the website launching. Uh, Matt, uh, this podcast coming out just a few days before SEC Media Days. We'll be heading there next week. Uh, really miss not having the event last year. The crazy thing to me, though, and there wasn't one last year. We had four new coaches last year, four new coaches this year. That means over half of the coaches at SEC Media Days will be experiencing it for the first time. Uh, are any of the new coaches you're really interested in hearing from at this event for the first time? That is a good question. I, I think uh, Mike Leach and Lane are always interesting, obviously. Uh I, th- those would be two of the, the more interesting ones that I think will keep uh, everyone at SEC Media Days uh, engaged during the, the course of wait what they're, they're, they're talking about. And obviously, say, some other uh, big, big hitters and, and guys that uh, I, I'm sure everyone will be interested in following, but those would be just from an entertainment standpoint <laughs> uh, at the top of the list in terms of keeping everyone engaged and entertained while they're going. Well, that's the thing. For years, you had Steve Spurrier, and man, that guy. I mean, you went to SEC Media Days just to see what Steve Spurrier would say. Obviously, Nick Saban usually doesn't say a whole lot, but as we know, Nick Saban kind of speaks to his team through the media at times, so whatever message he's trying to deliver, we could see what he's trying to harp on and send the message to his team for that year. Uh, Gus Malzahn, in my you know my opinion was just a bore for so many years so it's good to have some some fresh meat and like you said lane and leach are as entertaining as they come and we'll see what shane beamer and brian harson and clark lee and some of these new guys bring to the uh to the sec anybody in your mind maybe not necessarily on the hot seat but but i guess yeah on the hot seat that you think this could be their last year in the sec if they don't have a good year not, not really that, that immediately comes to mind 
I mean, if LSU had some disaster of a season, then maybe there. But I, I think LSU's in, in a position right now where uh should have a, a better year than, than what they had last season and maybe be even more competitive than what, what they're getting credit for on a national level right now. So, so for me, I mean, some of the, the main jobs that would have identified as Hopsey-type jobs uh, at this point last year, obviously, the, those jobs ended up opening and, and being filled. And I, I think for the, the most part, when, when you look around the SEC, it's a combination of guys who are very much established or safe or fall in the category of being new and, and just getting started for, for the most part. Yeah, I'm with you. And it, and it is interesting. I mean, Jimbo's not going anywhere. Dan Mullen's not going anywhere. He just got a contract extension. So, yeah, it it is pretty safe. Let me ask you about Kirby just from a simple fact of – you know, look, Mark Rick, his track record was very good. He was a very good coach. He recruited at a high level. He had Georgia relevant. Um, they made a change and went with Kirby to get them to the next level. And I guess you could argue he did. He got them to a championship. They weren't able to win it. But what, what's the expectations? I mean, if they don't, with everything they have at Georgia this year, if they don't get to the college football playoff, man, it just feels like, yeah, Kirby's doing well, but he's not getting what they expect of him, right? The biggest thing I can say is they have all the pieces to accomplish that. So they're they're the favorite going into the year to, to win SEC East, and rightfully so. So they're, they're loaded, including at the most important position on the field, quarterback with, with JT Daniels, who's going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the conference this year and probably one of the, the top quarterbacks on a national level. And even losing George Pickens for at least a, a chunk of the year, fortunately for him, fortunately for Kirby, for, fortunately for Georgia, uh, still have plenty of talent to surround JT with a, a running back, receiver, tight end. And, and then, uh, a, as is always the, the case with Georgia, going to be pretty damn good defensively also. Uh, last one for you, Matt. With Nick Saban in Alabama, they've proved time and time again it doesn't matter what he loses to the draft. It doesn't matter what assistance he loses. He just always seems to hit reload. It feels like there's going to be one year eventually, right? There's got to be that one year where the new quarterback doesn't settle in, where the new offense doesn't you know, hit the ground running from day one. Is, is that ever a possibility with Nick Saban, or do we just say, look, the man just finds a way to do it year in and year out? Yeah, it won't be the, the case this year. So they're, they're going to be fine this season, even having lost the, the guys that they lost from last year's national championship team, uh, Bryce Young, definitely flashed during the course of the spring and showed some of the talent that helped to make him such a highly ranked great recruit. And uh, even aside from anything offensively, if you look at them on defense, I know internally there, they feel like this is going to look more like what people on a national level would expect of an Alabama defense and for them to take a step forward compared to where they've been the last couple of years. It is so nuts. I was looking at just just year by year records of Saban throughout his career, and I was comparing it to Bear Bryant, and I was like, man, even the Bear had stretches where they didn't, you know, they went a couple years without making it to the title game. Saban, since he's been in Alabama, he had that one stretch where they lost the Sugar Bowl twice. But outside of that, man, every time they have, you know, what they consider a down year, they bounce right back, and they're in the national title game the next year. It it is so insane, and I, it's just it's crazy to think no one will ever meet his expectations in the history of college football. Well, recruiting is obviously important, and that's something that Alabama has done consistently well under Nick Saban. So until they reach a point where they're somewhere 
outside the, the top three nationally in terms of recruiting, not, not really going to be expecting any sort of drop off there. And obviously, uh, whether it was this past recruiting class where they finished number one nationally, if I remember correctly, or um, class that building right now that uh, I, I know they feel like they're in, in decent shape with, seems like uh, continue to just restock and add to that roster and put Alabama in a position where should be good not only this season or in contention this season, but in contention probably for foreseeable future. All right, I lied. One more question for you uh, before we let you go, Matt. The, the NIL, have you seen anything? I mean, it's been a lot of fun seeing a lot of the big deals that, that some of these big-name players have gotten and all that, but have you seen any ramifications yet, good, bad, indifferent, since this thing has been going a couple weeks now? Uh, it's been kind of as expected. Expected some big-name guys, especially quarterbacks, to land some – some interesting deals, whereas I, I thought some guys who were maybe lower on the totem pole in terms of individual rosters around the country to realize that maybe the expectations going into it were a little bit unrealistic. It seemed like everyone around college football, as far as players, uh, seemed to be able to believe that they were just going to strike it big. So um, that, that's been one takeaway. But in terms of ramifications, I haven't seen a ton of it yet. I mean, I, I think this will obviously be something that bigger schools be able to use from a, a pitch standpoint since, I mean, the the bigger platform you have, the, the more you're going to be in position to give a potential investor a return on, on their investment. So I think you'll see more of that moving forward, but uh, not nothing crazy or that unexpected so far, at least to me. Yeah, it, it will be interesting to see how this evolves, especially with recruiting and all that over the next couple of years. It's a it's a new age, but here yeah. we are. It's going to be a lot of fun to track. Matt, really appreciate yeah. the time, man. You do an awesome job, and uh, really looking forward to the big stuff coming with uh, with On3 Sports. And uh, again, August 15th, that will launch On3Sports.com. And of course, follow Matt on Twitter at MZenitz. Matt, thanks for the time, man. Sounds good. Pretty appreciate it, Chris. Thank you for having me on. That is just about going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Appreciate you guys for listening and subscribing. And a reminder, all next week we'll be at SEC Media Days. We'll be bringing you some great interviews and insights. We'll be doing shows every week next week. So back to five days a week. Tons of great insight and takeaways from SEC Media Days. You will not want to miss it. Locked on SEC, wherever you find your podcast. Of course, LockedOnSEC.com. And a reminder, if you're just looking for general sports talk, all the latest news in the sporting world, check out the Locked On Today podcast. Our buddy Peter Bukowski updates you on all the latest news around the sports world. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.